0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. So glad that you're here with us on this Memorial Day weekend. If you're new, my name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And today we are ending a series that we've been in since Easter. And this series is called Salt and Light. And we've been exploring something that Jesus said to his followers back in Matthew chapter 5. On that day, in that passage, he spoke directly to his followers and said, you are the salt of the earth. And you are the light of the world. And we've been exploring, what does that look like for us? What does it mean for us to be salt? What does it mean for us to be light? And we've learned in this series that salt and light have purposes. The purpose of salt is to engage food. The purpose of light is to engage darkness. And so when Jesus used those really common items, he was saying to us as followers, if you're one of my followers, I want you to engage the world around you. I don't want you to attack the world. I don't want you to accommodate the world. I don't want you to ignore the world, withdraw from the world. I want you to engage the world. And so we've been exploring in this series, what does it look like for us to engage the world around us? And as we look around at the world, we see that we live in a very interesting place. Uh, We live in a world that's got some really big issues that are facing all of us today. So in this series, we've looked at the issue of human slavery, human trafficking, and what we can do to play our part in seeing that evil practice come to an end. We've looked at the issue of living in a sexually diverse world. We've looked at living in a politically divided world. We've looked at living in a racially tense world. And what I hope is that this series has been beneficial to all of us on the journey. I hope that's been practical. I hope that we've got some good information, maybe some good handles on some things that we can do as we personally are trying to engage the world around us and be salt and light the way that Jesus asks us to be. Now, if anybody's missed any of the messages in this series, you can always go to our website, theepicchurch.com. You can go to our iTunes account. We put all of our messages there. So just in case you miss one of those Sundays, that you can go and you can listen to those and catch up on what's going on. I hope that, that you'll do that. Now, today we're going to talk about one more aspect of being salt and light. And I have to kind of give you a disclaimer as we begin today. Today's message it's kind of weighty. It's, it's kind of heavy. And yet I think it's something really important that we need to understand because we're going to explore some of the words of Jesus about being salt and light, about living the life that he's asked us to live. So um, again, today's message has got a little bit of weight to it, but, but I think it's going to be extremely beneficial to all of us. Now, as we transition into ending this series, let me ask a random question. When you are uh, wanting to buy something or somebody's wanting to sell you something, what is one of the biggest questions that you have? Feel free to say out loud. How much is it? it? Yes. so we want to know the cost. So the bottom line is, hey, what's the cost? And then I'll decide, we'll decide whether we're willing to pay those costs or not. Uh, Several years ago, my wife and I were talking to a salesperson about a product we were thinking about buying, and the salesperson did a pretty good job explaining how great this product was and how we just couldn't live without this product. And the more this salesperson talked, the more I realized this thing costs way more money than I realized and so they kept talking and kept talking. I'm going, oh, no, the price tag just keeps going up and up. We finally got to the part of the conversation that I was waiting for. I wanted it at the beginning of the conversation. And it was, hey, tell me, what's the bottom line? How much does this cost? And the salesperson told us the figure. And I had one of those <laughs> catch-my-breath moments, like, oh, oh, oh. Thank you for the information. My wife and I will talk. And if we're interested, we'll get back in touch with you. And I think the salesperson knew. Well, they're not getting back in touch with me. Uh, they knew. So you know, for us, for me in that moment, I'm like, hey, that is way too much money for the product that I'm looking at. Now, the interesting thing about us and paying costs for things like that is there are many moments when we don't care what something costs. We buy houses that are way too expensive, cars that are outside of our budget. We pull out the, you know, the plastic stuff that's in our wallet or purse. Like, hey, if I've got room on plastic, I got enough to buy that. I don't care if I've got more plastic in my wallet or purse. I'll, hey, I can continue to buy. But there are some moments when we don't behave that way. There are some moments we say, I need to know the bottom line. What does it cost? And I will evaluate whether I'm going to buy that thing. Now listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, uh, Jesus makes a really interesting statement, kind of backs up the reality that we need to know the costs before we purchase certain things. And Jesus said, uh, actually in verse 25, Luke 14, verse 25, it says this. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison." your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. So Jesus says to a large crowd of people following him, here's the bottom line. I want you to know there's a cost to following me and you need to count the cost. So let me speak to two different groups of people that may be here today. First group is maybe you're not a Christ follower. Maybe you're here on this holiday weekend, you're seeing family, you're visiting friends and, you know, they're going to church. And so you kind of got drugged to church this morning and you're thinking, yeah, I'm not really interested in in all that. Um, I think today's a great day for you to be here. If you're ever considering Christianity, today's a great day to hear the bottom line of some of the costs of what it means to follow Jesus. And you'll be able to evaluate and decide whether you're willing to pay those costs or not. If you are a Christ follower, I think today's a great day to be here to evaluate how am I doing at following Jesus? Am I really willing to pay some of the costs that Jesus talks about? So I hope that you'll process that as we go throughout this message. Now, when Jesus said this in Luke 14, really weird thing to say, especially in this moment when when he's got all these people around him, all these people following him. he's, He's trying to gain some momentum, build a movement that's gonna radically transform the world. So it's kind of a weird thing that Jesus would stop, turn around, and look at everybody following him and make some radical statements like that. So for us, let's kind of get kind of the context of that. So I want you to imagine that you want to start a business or you own a business right now and you've got this product and you want that product to be a household name around the world and you're super excited about it. Like you're, you're, you believe nobody should live without your product. And so you build this momentum. you got a website. You turn around after some work, and you see that you've got thousands of people following you on Twitter. You've got thousands of people who want to be your friends on Facebook. You've got thousands of people visiting your website, reading your blog posts. I mean, they're super excited about you and your product. And then I want you to imagine, one day you decide it's time. And you wake up in that morning, you get on your computer, and you're super excited about the message you're going to give to all your followers. And you type out the words, unless you hate everybody else in comparison to me and my product, you can't buy it. You can't even be a part of my team. Send. What do you think's going to happen to your fan base? Gone, like uh, probably quicker than you built it. Gone in just a moment. But here, Jesus speaks about a reality that we as Christ followers need to know. There's a real cost to following Jesus. And Jesus says, you need to count those costs before following him. Now, let me tell you what's going on around Jesus at that time. The reason that he had a large group of people following him was because Jesus was the latest, greatest thing going on in Israel at that time. Nobody had taught like him. Nobody had healed like him. Nobody had done miracles that he had done. Everybody's buying his products. I mean, they couldn't keep the shelves stocked. Everybody's buying the Jesus T-shirts, the Jesus bobbleheads. They were pro-Jesus. Jesus is awesome. And what Jesus knew was that these people following him we're more interested in what he could do for them than through them. He knew that. And so Jesus' statement was a shake the fence statement. It was a, let me shake the fence and see how many people are really going to follow me. How many people are my fans? Go, Jesus. And how many people are my true followers? So that was Jesus' statement and what he was doing in that moment. And this isn't the first time that Jesus has done that. Jesus made all kinds of radical statements to his followers for them to kind of test themselves and see, am I really serious about this? Do I really want to follow Jesus? Or am I just a fan of his and I'm I'm more interested in what he can do for me? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew. Matthew chapter five, where we get the words that Jesus spoke, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. Just before that, in verse 11, Jesus says this. God blesses you when people mock you, persecute you, lie about you, and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Doesn't that sound exciting? Like, don't you just want to follow Jesus right now? Like, Man, this is great. Thank you, Jesus, for telling me that, you know, I could be persecuted, I could be made fun of, like people uh, might not like me, people might lie about me, make up all sorts of evil things about me just because I'm one of your followers. Can I go follow somebody else? Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 15. So John chapter 15, verse 18, Jesus said, if the world hates you, Remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is no greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. So Jesus says, hey, here's the reality. If you wanna be one of my real followers... Uh, there's a really good chance the world, people around you, people at work, maybe people at home, maybe people at school, will hate you and you'll suffer some sort of persecution. But wait, there's more. Over in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, the apostle Paul Uh, is speaking to a young pastor named Timothy. And Paul is a guy that God has used to radically transform the world. He wrote most of the New Testament part of the Bible. So in verse 10, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, but you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live, what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, and you know how much persecution and suffering I have endured, You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from it. And he makes a powerful statement. Yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Rhetorical question. If you're a follower of Jesus, do you want to live a godly life? I think for most of us, the answer is yes, if you're a Christ follower. And he says this. If you want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. Anyone notice a common theme? What's the common theme that we've explored so far? Persecution. If you're a Christ follower, persecution is a a real cost to following Jesus. And when I think back through this series and all that we've talked about, the reality is there are real costs that we can face for following Jesus and trying to to live as salt and light and engage the big topics that we've talked about. So we started with human trafficking and human slavery. The reality is anyone who wants to see that evil practice come to an end may suffer persecution, may suffer physical harm from traffickers who can't stand the thought that we're trying to shine a light onto something that is making them rich. If we try to love people living a sexually diverse lifestyle, we may suffer persecution from Our brothers and sisters in Christ who say, you shouldn't love those people. If we try to speak God's truth on sexuality, we may be labeled as haters, as intolerant, and hypocrites by the gay and lesbian community. If we try to shrink our political divide by really living our faith and and living our faith in our politics, we might suffer some sort of persecution from our own political party or from another political party or from people who think those two subjects should never be talked about at the same time. If we try to bring racial reconciliation to our world and live as ambassadors of Christ for that reconciliation, we might be ostracized by our own race or completely misunderstood by another race. And if we really try to live as salt and light, if we wake up in the morning saying, you know what, when I go to school today, when I go to work today, I am going to live as salt. I'm gonna live as light. I'm gonna engage the world around me. If we really try to do that, there's a chance we might lose friends. We might lose jobs. We might be made fun of. We might be persecuted in some way. Now, aren't you super glad that you decided to come to church today? You know, like you could have gone to the beach on Memorial Day weekend. You you could have gone to the new Dunkin' Donuts and had a, you know, coffee and a donut. You could have gone to, you know, Flagler Beach to Swiller donut shop down there. But no, you came to church to hear the most encouraging, discouraging message you've ever heard. I'm really glad you're here. Um, Because Jesus said to all of his followers or anybody considering following him, I want you to count the cost. Like you need to know what some of those costs are. I brought a short video with me that I want us to watch. And it's a video that shows us what Christian persecution can look like around the world. And as you watch this short video, I want you to process what would I do if I were in that spot facing what these two young women were facing. What would I do if I was in that spot? Let's watch this together. Powerful video, powerful true story. So what would you do if you found yourself in that situation where you were faced with um, someone saying, reject Christ, reject your faith and live or refuse to do that and possibly face death? Now, we think, uh, you know, that's kind of hard for us to answer that question because we don't see that kind of persecution here in the United States at at this point. And, you know, our persecution may look different than around the world, but we still face persecution. Jesus was clear about that. If we're followers of Jesus, we're going to face some sort of persecution no matter where we live. Jesus says this really chilling uh, question, asks this chilling question in Luke chapter 18 of his followers. In verse 8, he asks this, he says, when the son of man returns, that's referring to himself coming back uh, from heaven, how many will he find on earth who have faith? how many of us will still be following him when things get difficult? How many of us will still be following him when we're persecuted, when we're made fun of, when we're mocked, uh, when somebody may hate us? Will we still be following Jesus then? Here's the reality for all of us is that Jesus did not die so that we can live safe, comfortable, Christian lives. He died so that he could transform us from the inside out and that we could join him in helping him transform the world. And if our faith is not strong enough enough to see us through some difficult moments in our lives, then our faith is really weak and in those moments, useless. And if we're tempted to walk away from our God because we face some persecution or somebody makes fun of us or somebody lied about us, then we are more like the Israelites than we realize, where we're just interested in what Jesus can do for us. We're a fan of Jesus instead of what Jesus can do through us, instead of us truly being followers of his. But listen to what Jesus said in in Luke chapter 16. So right after telling us in chapter 15 that we may face some persecution, that people may hate us, he tells us that he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And he says, listen, to his disciples, he says, listen, it's a good thing that I go away because if I go away, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to empower you. He's going to equip you to live the life that I'm asking you to live. He's going to help you live as salt and light. Listen to what Jesus said in verse 33. He said, I've told you all this, so all this meaning, I've told you about this persecution. I've told you about the, possibly the world's hatred. I've told you about these difficult things that you may face for following me, so that your life will suck, and you'll spend the rest of your life in fear. Does it say that? No, it doesn't say that. Jesus said, listen, I've told you this. I've told you about suffering. I've told you about persecution. I wanted you to know the bottom line, the cost. Why? so that you may have, what's the next word? Peace. Peace. In who? In me. Jesus says, I I told you about the cost. But with the cost, you can have peace and peace in me. And Jesus said in another passage, I have overcome the world. And I want you to know that. I want you to know that, that I've overcome this. He actually says that in the next verse. He says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. There is nothing that our world can throw at us. There's no persecution. There's no suffering. There's there's nothing people making fun of us. There's nothing that we can face that our God can't overcome. Nothing. We need to hold on to that and hold on to the reality that the Holy Spirit can guide us and empower us and teach us how to live the life that God has designed us to live. Back in Matthew chapter five, where we get that Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And verse 11, again, we already read this, but let's look at it again. Verse 11, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. And then verse 12, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Now, I don't know too many people who are super excited when they suffer persecution. I don't. I'm just being honest with you this morning. Like, I'm not super happy about that. I'm not super excited about that. But Jesus says we've got to learn to be happy about anything that we suffer for Christ. Why? Because there are blessings that happen today and eternal rewards that we'll experience for eternity. We've got to hold on to that truth. Keep our eyes fixed on that, as the Apostle Paul tells us in this next passage. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says this in verse 8. He says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed through suffering. Our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies and then verse 17 he said for our present troubles are what's that next word small Small. do you see your present troubles as small i usually don't like my conversation with god is god this is ginormous i don't know that anybody has ever faced a problem this big in the world like this thing i'm facing is so huge and God reminds me to fire down, Sparky. Like, remember what Paul said? Did you go through what Paul went through? No, I didn't. Well, what would Paul say about his struggles? He said they're small, he said they won't last very long. Yet, they, meaning those struggles, that persecution, will uh, produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze. I love that statement. Fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. And Paul says, fix your gaze on what's going to last forever. So we have a choice to make. Are we going to be Christ followers who fix our gaze on God's blessings and eternal rewards, regardless of any persecution that we may face. So listen, like, I, I'm, I'm following Jesus. I'm going to be salt. I'm going to be light no matter where I go, no matter what uh, our culture around us says, you no know, how matter many, how many people say, oh, you're crazy. I can't believe you believe that. You're living that way. Are we going to live like Jesus asked us to live? Are we going to try to live safe, comfortable, Christian lives in the shadows, where we say, "I don't really really pay the full price for following Jesus. Can I just buy the happy meal and get like the toy out of there and be super excited about that?" Anybody familiar with the old hymn called "I Have Decided to Follow Jesus?" Anybody know that one? A few of you. Um, it's a, a hymn that's been around for several hundred years, and it's got this amazing backstory. I've, I've actually never known the backstory till just recently. And um, it's, it's just it's amazing to understand. It happened in the late 1800s. So there was a group of missionaries that decided they were going to go to northeast India, to a remote part of India, where people lived as headhunters, And they were going to go, and they felt called by God to go and minister to those headhunters, tell them about Jesus, be salt and light there, and hopefully they would win some people to Christ. And uh, just imagine how savage of an environment that was. So um, for those headhunters, for a man to show his power and influence, um, he would display all the skulls in his living room to show how powerful of, of a man that he was. And so there was a missionary who went into one of these communities and he led one family to Christ, a dad, a mom, and two sons. That family decided, you know what? We are going to live as salt and light. We're gonna live out our faith in this community. So imagine the tension there for them. They're deciding, I'm gonna live a a life of, of love and hope and peace the way that God has asked me to live an environment where people lose their heads. And so the chief of the village found out about this family, called them to the center of the village, called everybody else around, and demanded that they renounce this new faith that they had. Imagine standing in that moment, staring into the eyes of a chief who could execute you in a moment. And so the dad said in response, I've decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. With that, his two sons were killed in front of him. And then he was asked, he and his wife were asked again to renounce their faith. The dad said, though none go with me, still will I follow. And his wife was killed. He was asked again to renounce his faith, and he said, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. And he lost his life in that moment. Now, the really cool thing about this story is that the, the chief was so amazed at this family's faith, he later put his faith in Christ and saw his whole community did the same thing. They were, their minds were blown that, that, that somebody would hold onto their faith so tightly that they would die for it. And they saw their whole community transformed. So one missionary led one family, led one community to Christ. Why? Because they decided to follow Jesus. They decided to be salt and light in their world. And just like um, we saw in that video, where it said, by following Jesus, we don't get a life of safety We get a great commission that involves suffering and hardship and assurance of eternity with God. So what we're going to do as we end today is we're going to sing that song. I've decided to follow Jesus. And what I want you to do um, as we sing this song is I want you to process some of the costs that we've talked about today and whether you're willing to pay those costs. And if you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I pray today, even this morning, this moment, that you'll become a follower of Jesus. You'll put your faith in him. And if you were invited by somebody else for this weekend and they said, hey, come to my church, you know, you'll you'll love the message and all that. And you might be thinking, why in the world would you give this message and ask people to put their faith in Jesus today? Craziest thing ever. I get that. I know. But Jesus often turned to the crowds and said, I want you to count the costs. The real costs for following me, but the rewards far outweigh those costs. So if you're in that spot today where you'd say, listen, I've never put my faith in Jesus. Today can be the day for you. And it involves you just saying, I need Jesus in my life I invite you, Jesus, to come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior, and I'm going to follow you. I'm deciding in this moment, I'm I'm making a declaration. I've decided to follow you. There's no turning back. So it's that simple. You can make that decision right now. You don't have to talk to a pastor. You don't have to be in church to do that. You can do that wherever because God is everywhere. He can hear your prayers no matter where you are. And I hope you'll make that decision today, if not right now. If you are a Christ follower, here's what I hope. I hope that you'll really evaluate some of the costs that it means to follow Jesus. And I hope that that you will determine never to live that safe Christian life in the shadows where we just settle for a happy meal. I hope that you'll determine, that we'll all determine that, you know what, we are gonna live for Jesus. We've decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. No matter what persecution we may face today, tomorrow, whether at work, at home, at school, doesn't matter. We're going to be salt. We're going to be light. We're going to shine our light for Jesus. And we can't wait as we fix our eyes, we fix our gaze on the eternal rewards and a relationship with God that'll last forever. So if you would stand with me and I'm going to pray us out. And then our worship team is going to guide us in this closing song. So, Lord, heavy message today, and yet, God, this is something, Jesus, you never shied away from. You never shied away from speaking the truth to people who were considering to follow you or people who thought they were following you but realized maybe they were just fans of yours instead of really followers of you. And so, God, I pray for all of us today. But first I pray for those who may have not put their faith in you yet. I pray that today would be the day, and I know it's crazy to, to think that somebody would respond today, but, but God, you've told us the bottom line, some of the cost of what it means to, to follow you. And so I just pray somebody would put their faith and trust in you today for the first time and make a declaration that they're following you and they're not turning back no matter how difficult life gets, no matter what persecution we may face here, that we're following you no matter what. And God, I pray for those of us who are Christ followers that we would fix our gaze on that which lasts forever. And that's our relationship with you and the eternal rewards that that you've promised us, the blessings that you've promised us as you walk with us today and for all of eternity So, Lord, I pray that our eyes would be so fixed on that, it wouldn't matter what we may face. And we may face persecution this week. We may face persecution when we go home today. We may face it at work this week or at school. Um, No matter where we go, we may face persecution. But, Lord, I pray that our eyes would be so fixed on eternity, none of that would matter to us. So, Lord, today we make a declaration, and that is we've decided to follow Jesus There's no turning back. And we pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.